Boxed In, a podcast about anything and everything with your host, Eden and Gabby. And your boy, Jason. Basically, we created this podcast to create a space to just talk about what's happening around the world and in our daily lives. So today we're going to be talking about a New York Times article in which it listed 36 questions that lead to love. Basically, we're not doing it for love, but we just thought it was pretty interesting to go through the questions. And we picked out about eight questions that we think are the most interesting to reply to. And we're going to start off with our number one. So, you guys, given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? There are a lot of people I think I would like to have as a dinner guest. Um, But I don't think that I'm going to choose any one of them now. I'm going to choose somebody that I think could is probably one of the most important people to listen to right now. And because we're all in this huge coronavirus situation, and because basically we don't know when COVID can end, and heck, this could end in like a year or it could be the rest of our lives, I just feel like COVID is kind of like an important topic to talk about right now. And I personally want to be as knowledgeable about the situation as I can. So I'd probably choose Dr. Anthony Fauci. Plus, he's a national No way. Go Nets. Out of all people in the world, you would pick Dr. Fauci. I would pick Dr. Fauci because you never know. Like I said, like it. First of all, Dr. Fauci is a fun guy. Every single picture you see him in, unless he has a serious face, he's smiling. So, which is yeah, he know. looks like he's hiding something. Like his smile looks like a smile that's like hiding something. Yeah, but yeah. Isn't okay, he but wouldn't that something be something you wanted to know? True, true, true. So I would pick Dr. Anthony Fauci just because basically our whole lives right now are surrounded around COVID. Like, literally, you can't, like, do something without COVID being involved somehow. If COVID wasn't a thing, I'd probably pick somebody like Bill Gates or I'd probably pick Warren Buffett actually over Bill Gates because he, you know, he really started out from nothing. And I know Bill Gates did too, but like Warren Buffett, he made his money off of like investing and stuff like that and investing is something I tr- kind of want to do. Like once I actually, you know, get a job you know, and save up for a little bit. All right, you, Daddy. Wait, what are you serving at the dinner, Jason? What am I serving at the mm-hmm. dinner? I'd probably serve filet mignon. It's going to mm-hmm. be a surf and turf, so like a filet mignon. It's going to have like a little bit of a red wine sauce to it. I'd probably do like a lobster, you know, like a lobster tail, so... Mac and cheese balls would be the appetizer because, you know, those ones from, uh, if you ever go to Cheesecake Factory, I highly suggest those. Those are amazing. How about you, Gabby? Do you have one? Oh, right now, at the moment, as in this will change, as in the answer will change in probably the next 10 minutes. But right now, I probably have dinner with um, Jordan. What is it? Oh, my gosh. I can't remember his last name. The Philosopher. Ah, Jordan. Oh, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, yes. I would have dinner with Jordan for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would have dinner with Jordan Pe- Peterson, the clinical psychologist. Well, that's Steven Spielberg. Because he's a movie director? Is that why you're saying that? Yeah. Because I don't care enough to have dinner with him. I don't find him that interesting. No disrespect to him. No disrespect to him. But I wouldn't want to have dinner with him. I would want to have dinner with the Zodiac Killer because I want to know who he is. <laughs> Wasn't his code just broken? Like, someone, like, someone figured out his code, like, last month or something. Have you seen the movie Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal? No. You haven't like, seen kinda, it? 
interesting movie. I'm pretty sure he was in the same house as the Zodiac Killer. I want. I just want to know what he looks like. I want to see if the sketch actually matches. So Eden wants to have dinner with a serial killer, is what we're hearing, out but of everyone in the world. But it's like a protected place. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be set up. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or that guy, I forgot what his name was. Um, he basically, like, hijacked a plane and had, like, millions of dollars with him. And he jumped out of the plane with a parachute, and he was never found again. Like, really? in his body. I forgot what his name. He, uh... Did he take the money with him? Yeah. Was the money ever recovered? No, they didn't. I don't think they found the money. Damn. But I think it was before... Actually, maybe not. I think it was before, like, you could track where the money went. D.B. Cooper. That was his name. D.B. Cooper. Yes. He hijacked the plane. So, would you like to be famous? And if so, in what way? I feel like I would like to be famous. Because, like... But not, like, a pop star or anything like that. Like, I... Like, the thing... Like, good things that, like, everybody thinks about the world that, like, other people don't. And it's like... Like, how could people possibly think that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are a couple of... Okay, like, I'll give you an example. Like, for example, people that um, think that... And I'm not a racist person or anything like that, but I'm saying people that might say you should go back to your country or something like that, and that the United States is basically white America and just stay white America, and, like, everybody like that, or just everybody with, like, an ideology that you think is completely absurd and that you think is ridiculous. I kind of want to be famous in the sense that, like, I'm popular because I explain why my ideologies were right and, like, why yours were wrong. And, like, it's just, like, a popular, like, movement and stuff like that. And people are thinking, oh, wow, well, if you put it that way and you think about it that way, then, yeah, it's really messed up to think about stuff this way. And it's, like, I kind of, like, I kind of want to be known, like, for example, Charles Marx, I think is his name, or something like that. You know how there's, like, a theory thing named after him, like Marxism or something like that? Karl Marx? Whatever his name, yeah, Karl Marx, I think so. Um, I kind of wanted to, there be like a theory, not Jasonism or Tietzism, or maybe Tietzism, I don't know, but like mm-hmm. something like that. But I kind of want the ism to be the Tietzism thing to be like, we should treat each other equally and stuff like that. And like, just it should be like, put this earth is the only planet that you're ever going to get. So instead of being like, let me just do this for a profit, like actually look at the long-term future of things and stuff like that. And I don't know, just like kind of my own ideologies, just like an overall like crash course of like what I believe is best for the world. And then I kind of like everybody to follow up. So So like a philosopher? Like a philosopher, but like one that's like on that 100 most influential people list, so... An influential yeah. philosopher. Influentialist, yeah. yeah. Influentialist, yeah. But my ideology would just be about, like, you know, treating people better and treating people the same and, like, um, about, you know, keeping the earth, like, not from exploding and, like, yeah. How about you, Gabby? Would you like to be famous? Um... I can already guess what you're going to say. <laughs> guess? Huh? Can I guess what you're going to say? Yeah, okay. You would like to be famous as in a famous director or producer. 
So I wouldn't like to be famous. I knew she was going to say that. But what? because I am definitely like 100% um, passionate about films, I know that it's going to like require, like that fame comes along with it. In order to be like a successful film director, film producer, or be successful in the film industry, fame really does help you in that. So preferably I wouldn't like to be famous just because I like to keep my things private and... I know there's some famous people who are able to manage that, but if I were able to choose, no. But, you know, like I said, in order to be successful in that field, fame does come along with it, so. True, true. I think I would, I would like to be famous only if I could, like, I, I already talked to you about this, but only if I can, like, be the same person on screen and off screen. Like, I wouldn't mm. want to have two different personalities. Like, I, w- I would like to be myself. But what for? What would you be famous for? What would I be famous for? I would say, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, honestly, but maybe if acting was a choice, then yes, it is a choice. Or, or somewhere like... Actors have it really good. Yeah. Okay, next question is, before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? Or why? Okay. It depends, I feel like. Like, if the telephone call is, like, for an interview or, you're like, you're working out, like, the details of something pretty important, then, yeah, you might rehearse what you want to say just to make sure that you can get your point across correctly and that you sound, like, professional and that you sound, you know, the way that you want to. Or if it's, like, a crush or something that you're, like, interested in talking to, then, like, the same thing, you want to sound, like, the way you're supposed to. You don't want to sound, like, too, like, uh, jittery or, like, anything like that. But it, it, if it's, like, your mom or, like, a friend or something like that or somebody that's, like, close to you, then it's, like, that relationship's at the point where it's, like, if you fuck up by saying something or if you... I'm sorry, if you screw up by saying something, then it's okay and it could even be funny and it's, like, they understand. It's, like, it's not a, really a big deal, so... And it's, you, like, you have that, you know, trust and, like, closeness with the person that it doesn't matter. In cases where it does matter or it could leave a bad impression, I feel like you would want to. Yeah, I second yeah. that. Because you're so conscious of everything you say and do when you have like a job interview or you're just meeting someone for the first time. Because if it were in person, you would, you know, be very conscious of like your hands and how you walk, how you're speaking. So through the phone, especially like now when you're trying to get a job interview and you can't go in person because of COVID, you have to make a really good first impression. Uh, but like Jason said, if it's your friends and stuff, no, definitely not. It's just like to check up on how they're doing. And you don't ever know where the conversation is going to go, to be honest. Like right now, I feel like is a good example. When If it's people that I'm friends with, I don't rehearse. But if it's like work or like school or something official, I would rehearse. Or, fam- or family, family, friends, I don't rehearse. But everything else I do. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? So the body or the mind? If I were to live at the age... So, like, if I were 60, those like those last 30 years, I'd get to choose if I'd want... No, if you were, if you were able to live to the age of 90... And then you could either have the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life. Wait, who is this? You know what I mean? That doesn't so make sense. So you have to live to 96 years old? 
How about we rephrase it in that for the rest of your life? Wait, no, no, no. I think I think it would make sense if yeah, you if you live to the age of ninety, but when you're sixty, you get to choose those last thirty years if you'd want, like, you know, the body of a thirty-year-old or the mind of a thirty-year-old. Okay. Okay. Honestly, I would say I'd probably want the mind because. For one, 30-year-old bodies aren't necessarily that. They're, like, nice, but they're not, like, prime. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like your mind is more prime in your 30s and stuff like that than your body is. Like, your body is probably prime when you're in your college years or, like, you know, like, a couple years after that, like, in your 20s and, late, you know, like, late 20s, early 30s and stuff like that. But after that, it starts to deteriorate. And besides, I feel like, your mind is probably a little bit more valuable. Like if you can't remember anything when you're 90 and stuff like that anyway, then what's like being fit and like having a six pack can it do for you? So like, I feel like I'd want my mind so I can, you know, be able to like have honest conversations with people and what I'm talking about and like, you know, just be able to like, um, yeah. So. Yeah, I agree with Jason, but for a different reason. I don't think that 30-year-old bodies aren't, like, your prime because it honestly depends from person to person because in college you can, you know, really not take care of yourself and just drink and drink and eat really shitty food and college food and then you just don't look your best or feel your best. And then when you're 30, it's I think you have, like, your career together and you actually are trying to focus on your health. But, yeah, I would choose the mind as well because of the reasons that you said that, you know, you'd want to have good conversations with people. And when you're 60 and above, it's like when those diseases start to really formulate in your mind and stuff. So I would choose the mind over the body for sure. You would choose the mind? Wow. I think I will have literally the same mind. What? That I have. Like, like, <laughs> I think I would have, like, I think my mindset for the most part will be the same throughout my life. No, I wouldn't because like, I, you have those like extra when twenty mean, years when I mean that you mindset, lived. I don't mean like oh get money get through. I mean like the usefulness. Like I still think I'm literally fourteen or something. Like it's just I feel like the usefulness will be the first thing to go. That what? it would definitely would within those a thirty year old and a sixty year old. If you're sixty, you're not going to really be feeling like doing TikToks and like being youthful and like wanting to go like to 7-Eleven and, like, take stuff from 7-Eleven and stuff like that or, like, whatever kids these days do. It's, like, you're going to, like, be wanting to read your book with a little bit of tea on the side. And then, like, yeah, so. That doesn't mean you're youthful. What does youthful mean? Well, like, fun and excited all the time and, like. Yeah, or, like, seeing yourself as young. Like, youthful, like, having a youthful mindset to me is, like, not thinking you're really grown like I, I feel like a lot of people get weighed down by responsibilities and stuff but at the same time I, I'm always shocked that I have to have that I actually have these responsibilities because I'm like dang I'm just so young like why do I have to do this but that's why I say it's just my environment that's changing and not my mind like I still think like a child sometimes but, like, a child that's kind of forced to grow up. I don't know. Does that make sense? Adult child. Yeah. Well, when you like, said change the mind, I think of in, like, biological terms, not just mindset. I'm thinking your brain as a six-year-old is uh, weaker than a 30-year-old. Like, your memory space and all. Well, even though you have unlimited memory and all, but it's just weaker than a 30-year-old. 
That's why I would choose a, a 30-year-old brain than a 30-year-old body. Wait, you said you would choose a 60-year-old brain and a 30-year-old body? No, other way around. A 30-year-old brain and a 60-year-old body? Because mm. you can change your diet if you're 60. Like, you still can. There are a bunch of bodybuilders and, like, 60-year-olds with six-packs and stuff. You can't change your brain. I would want to have the same body. I know, yeah, as the same body. Like, I would want to have a 30-year-old body while I'm 60. Instead of the brain? Cause I, yeah, because I feel like the brain, it's, it's like, good, you know? But you can't change your brain. And you'd be kind of weird as a 60-year-old with a 30-year-old body. You wouldn't be within your age group, and you'd have different friends, and people would view you differently. Grandparent mindset. I don't know. I feel like it would limit you a little bit, so... I feel like the brain biologically, like what Gabby was saying, was... Yeah, you can't, you know, tell your brain to grow more brain cells or something. (laughs) All right, so our last question uh, for today's podcast is, what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Does anyone want to answer first? I guess, like, somebody's personal identity and stuff like that. Just, like, if there's a part of your life that, you know, um, like, that you choose for yourself that other people might disagree with, but, like, you're comfortable with that decision, that's something that is, like, I don't know. I feel like just any decision with yourself that you're comfortable with that you're not, that other people might be uncomfortable with, especially, like, I don't think that's something to be joked about because then, it could be taken seriously. Like, if I'm just like, if a lot of people are against it in real life, then and you joke about it, then it could be taken like you're against it and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I think don't. the thing with like, I think this is usually talked about when people are discussing dark humor, and I think the same rules apply. Where like, if you have gone through it, you can make jokes about it to make it seem less traumatic, but yeah, to speak, on, to speak on other like issues that you've never experienced is kind of uh, not funny. Like I'm pretty sure people won't find that funny. So I guess anything goes as long as you experienced it. Or if you haven't experienced it, just make sure that the other person isn't too sensitive about it or is alright with. But then how would like that's a whole population of people. What do you mean? Well, what Jason just said about if you do joke about it, then. The whole, um, the other person has to be okay with it. But every person, like, their opinion differs on it. Like, one person doesn't speak for, like, their whole population. I think that's difficult. Do you guys remember the Kevin Hart situation? I think it was, like, last year. Not familiar with that. Where he was going to host Oscars, and then someone called him out for a tweet that was, like, in 2008 where he made a gay joke on Twitter. Do you remember if he said it in, like, the conversation or in, like... It was on Twitter. It was online. Tweet. Oh, oh. So, like, in a tweet. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull it up, actually, because I want to get it right. I think the story might have been different if he did it while doing a set for stand-up comedy. But I'm pretty sure if he said that joke in a stand-up set that people would have been, like, awkward about it or... And then start to laugh, as in like a, like a mass group think type of laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they all get it's wrong, but they're just gonna laugh it, laugh at it. I think that like if you do you make a joke about it, then kind of taking like off of somebody's perspective, somebody like 
try to base the joke off of somebody else's perspective. For example, if Kevin Hart was on stage and he said, if you had told my grandfather that my son was gay or something like that, he would have disowned you and he would have knocked you out of the house or something like that. Oh. But, but if you said, if you were my son I would, and you like came out as gay, I would have disowned you and knocked out of the house. I feel like the grandfather thing is funny because in like a lot of black and Hispanic families and white families too, I mean, just like really everybody, like in the old times gay being gay wasn't like really accepted and stuff like that and if you can make a joke relaying off of that kind of truth then it can be funny but like nowadays there's nothing wrong with being gay or there shouldn't be anything wrong with being gay so if kevin hart kind of came from the his own heart no pun intended and i don't think that you should be if you were my son then you'd be and you were gay you'd be kicked out of the house it's kind of like that's what he stands for, and it's not really right. I actually have the exact tweet pull up. He said, yo, if my son comes home and tries to play with my daughter's dollhouse, I'm going to break it over his head and say, my boy, stop, that's gay, back in 2011. And he deleted it, but somehow they found it. That's not even funny. Like, who sees this and laughs? Well, when people called him out for it, he said, you know, he's changed and grown from it. And that's what Kevin Hart said himself, too. He was like, if you can't, you have to be able to, like, accept people that people change and stuff like that. And a lot of the times with, like, dark humor and stuff, people aren't saying it to be funny. They're saying it to be racist or some type of ist. What? Wait, what do you mean? They're not saying it to be funny. They're just saying it to show their deeply rooted hatred. Like, you know what I mean? No, I think dark comedy, it's really, I mean... I think it's to show how absurd some things are and they have to take it to the extreme so everyone can get it. I don't think it's to show like their deep-rooted hatred or something. When it comes to the internet like and the dark humor on the internet, most of the times is so not funny. Like it's just it, it, they're just being rude for no reason. Like I'm pretty sure none of them have experienced whatever they're making fun of. But like when it comes to stand-up comedy and actual professionals using dark humor and comedy and they're set, then it's a different thing. But the internet is just, like, on social media, it's just different. Yeah, I'm not sure about the internet. I mean, like, stand-up comedy. Stand-up, I get because that's all planned yeah. down that's really like strategic yeah. and stuff but i think nowadays it's actually kind of harder to be a comedian to be honest you have to really be careful um to not be called out for something or maybe like questioned yeah there are a lot of things like joke about nowadays or it's like you have to choose your word wisely. like a lot can be lost in translation i think all right you guys that was it for our first episode of box in the podcast it's your host eden with gabby and jason thank you so much for tuning in and be on the lookout for our next episode